And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Monday, March 29th, the beginning of the work week for some of you. Just another day for many of you. I mean... I can't imagine that this is true for every single person, but the number of folks who listen to this program and are also basically working seven days a week, it's huge. I know. It, 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 you feel like, eh, I'm not doing it. It's the same day, Sunday, Monday, Saturday. It doesn't take some time, gang. It is so hard to do. That is really hysterical that I'm advocating that because I do work seven days a week, but I'm trying, Mark, to put a little delineation. And you notice that I've been getting my weekend blog post to you on Friday, so I don't have to get on the computer on Saturday. If you've got a financial question, doesn't matter, day or night, seven days a week, 24-7, we are here for you. Send us your questions. You can email us, askjill at jillonmoney.com. And if you are on our website at the jillonmoney.com website, because maybe you are reading that blog post that goes up over the weekend, or maybe you're listening to past shows, or you're watching my appearances on CBS News, or maybe you're signing up for our free weekly newsletter, which comes out every Friday. If you're on the jillonmoney.com website, we've got a contact button. All you have to do is click on it, send us your question, and don't forget to tell us if you'd like to come on the air. We really do like to encourage you to do that. Okay. Paolo says, hi, Jill. Hi, Mark. How are you? Big fan of the podcast. Not my first time. You once aired the answer to one of my emails. Today, I have a question related to the service advisory cloud. You pay them. They connect you with a chance to participate in advisory boards of mainly nonprofits and startups. I'm considering a subscription of the services, $950 annually or $350 per quarter. When I read the link I sent you, one can find, can I write off my membership, blah, blah, blah. I'm a regular W2 guy. The question is, if I pay for the services, can I write it off? I don't know why you would do this. I I don't get the, I don't get this service. First of all, wouldn't you want to work with a nonprofit where you actually have a relationship and a passion and a desire to be on that nonprofit board? 
and the startup board. I don't know. This seems very weird. If you're a W-2 guy, you probably can't write this off. I think that's the long story short. But I don't even get this kind of a service, so I'd just be careful if I were you. Well, right. If you want to give money to a nonprofit, then, of course, you can write that off, presuming that you itemize your deductions. Okay, here's a question. Can you contribute the max to all the plans same time in a year? So here's the question. I've got this guy's putting six grand into an IRA, six grand into a Roth, and 26 and a 457. No, you can't do that. You have to do either a Roth or a an IRA. You can't do both of those. Right. You can't go over six. You can do some combo. And be careful you don't knock up against income limits. Lou is 62. He just retired. Two and a half million dollars in an after-tax non-retirement account. Oh my God. I rolled over $2.2 million from a 401k account to a traditional IRA rollover. I now have 10 years to move that money into a Roth. My basic plan is to move $200,000 a year for the next years from the traditional to the Roth. What is the most tax-effective way to perform this, i.e., what tax write-offs can I use? Not many. Um, Just be careful. Like You're going to do this. It's a great plan, but tax brackets can shift on you, man. You didn't mention whether you're married or whether you're single. Let's presume you're single and you're in the 32% tax bracket and that's what you're doing. So I would just be careful to do it. And, you know, you and maybe you don't have to do as much. Maybe you're being more aggressive than you need to be. The only thing you can really do with this plan is to make sure that non-retirement account is invested tax efficiently. That's important. Okay. John is retired, a 401k with Prudential from an employer. He says there was a financial advisor that handled the company's 401k. Now, since I retired, he's been trying to make me become a private client. Until that happens, he is recommending, and here's the quote, you may consider just putting all the assets into the guaranteed interest account for now until we revisit the planning investment approach. That fund pays fixed interest and does not fluctuate with the stock or bond markets. Beyond that, I get a bit nervous giving any piecemeal advice. Does this sound right? put my 401k into a low interest account for a while? Safe, yes, but that's insane. So no, I wouldn't do that. I would be very careful before hiring this person. This person works for an insurance company. And I would love to know if you wouldn't mind, follow up with us, send us the allocation that you currently have in that 401k plan. And then let's follow up and try to get you where you need to be. I'd be very careful before I hire this person. Uh, Kyle has been listening to our YouTube channel. How about that, Mark? See, it hasn't been uh, worthless with all that time you spend posting. (laughs) I'm 49 years old. I work for the state government. My annual income is $85,000 before taxes. I also have a monthly pension, um, which will be worth $950 a month before tax if I were to retire at 50. The monthly pension will increase around $300 before tax if I retire later than 50. Okay. My wife is 45. She works in the private sector. She makes about $65,000 a year. She's got about $150,000 in her 401k. No kids. We have a house that's worth about $750,000 and we owe $300,000 on that house. We don't have a Roth because we think our income is too high. So, okay. Do they want, can they go to a Roth? Um, We've been paying additional to our mortgage. Don't, I don't know. I don't think you should pay additional on your mortgage. Um, In terms of a Roth, here's the deal. If 
you want to make a Roth contribution, you have to make sure you make less than the Roth amount. So this year, married filing jointly, you would make less than $198,000 together. Well, you make 85 and she makes 65. So you can make a Roth contribution. So yes, I would prefer you make a Roth contribution instead of paying down your mortgage. How's that? That's easy. Oh, thanks, Mark. You finally gave me an easy one. (laughs) Okay. This email is from Pat who writes, hi, Jill and Mark. I started listening to you with the pandemic on walks and that's a year now. And I still enjoy the podcast. I pick up little things here and there. So thank you for that. I have two questions. My husband and I filed jointly and this year I thought I'd be able to contribute again to my Roth. My husband retired in March of last year. Our taxable joint salary is $176,000. Our gross, $202,000. I always thought that the Roth caps were on the taxable amount. Our accountant says differently. It's the gross salary that caps us, and we're not able to contribute for 2020. Is this accurate? Okay. It's based on your modified adjusted gross income, which means they sometimes add back stuff. Okay. So that means that your AGI and your MAGI, your MAGI can be identical, but they also might be different. So here's what's added back. You ready for your modified adjusted gross income, student loan interest, one half of self-employment tax doesn't sound like that's applicable to you, tuition and fee deduction, passive loss or passive income, the IRA contributions, non-taxable social security payments, Exclusion for income from U.S. savings bonds, foreign earned income exclusion, foreign housing, rental losses, any overall losses from a publicly traded partnership. So I don't know. It seems to me that for you guys, I'm, I I don't know. It, it, I guess because I don't want to like say that your accountant is wrong, but why not just ask? Ask them what the, what the AGI was and what's the MAGI and maybe... I don't know, maybe they kind of blew it, but it's based on your modified adjusted gross income, which adds back certain items. Okay. For now, we like having an advisor to follow up with, and it's the same person every time. What's a reasonable fee to request when you hire a financial advisor? We are being charged 1.25% for my husband's IRA. It's uh, about $380,000. He has other pensions and social security income. There are also two Roth accounts. 40 to 50 each, and IRAs that we both contribute to monthly. I expect to retire this year, possibly in a few months, and we would be moving over a million dollars into the account, but we do want a lower fee. Would it be reasonable to ask for a half of a percent? Here's the thing. I believe that you should be able to ask for any fee you'd like. Yes, a half a percent would be reasonable, especially if you're going to move this million bucks over. But It seems to me that the bigger question is this. If you really like this person, you got to make sure that you're getting the information that you really need and it's worth it. So I'm glad that you like this person, which is all well and good. But if you have all this money that it seems is going to be coming in, I think that it's, it's reasonable to ask for a more than a million dollar portfolio. I would say that you should be below 1%. That's reasonable, but you should shop around. I mean, you should tell your, um, your folks that we really would like to stay, of course, is dependent on the fees. Ask for a half a percent. Maybe you settle on three quarters of a percent. 
That would seem pretty fair to me. Finally, from Tim, hey, Jill and Mark, I'm a school bus driver. I have a small amount of time between runs. Yes, our elementary students have been back at school since January, and I really enjoy the daily shows. Thanks so much, Tim. Yay, Tim. Thank you for writing to us. That is so lovely. Do you know what's weird? I rarely took a bus to school because I always lived walking distance to my elementary and junior high school. And my high school, I took a bus in the beginning, not my freshman year. I think that like my sister was driving at that point. So maybe she drove me. But anyway, bus drivers like Tim, we love you. We thank you. You are on the front line. So we appreciate everything you're doing. So thanks for listening. And thanks for that lovely note. Now you see here, gang, here is a, an example of Tim just doing something nice for someone else. In this case, me and Mark. He sends this note, which he is so lovely to do because it makes me feel so good right this second. And so when I say to you to try to do something nice for someone else today, I have the hugest smile on my face. First of all, I'm thinking back to my high school bus drivers, which is kind of fun. And I'm also thinking how lovely that this man took time out of his busy schedule to send us a note like that. It puts me immediately in an amazing mood. And when you listen to this, Tim, and we say thank you for putting that into our world, we're pushing that great energy back onto you. And that, to me, is everything. This is why Mark and I love this show. We are so grateful that you're listening to us every day. And so, as always, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and do what Tim just did. Put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Tim, we appreciate you and we thank you. And everyone else listening, we appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget our mantra of 2021, grit, growth, and how about grace? We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.